welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. My name is Allison Schneider, and I'm joined by Ted Januska from Pannoni. Ted is a vice president and the regional technology principal for transportation operations in Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. He also serves as the principal in charge of Pannoni's bridge engineering and bridge inspection practice. That's correct. Good morning. Good morning. That's a lot of responsibility. It is. It's fun, though. Let's just jump right into it. We're in a post-COVID world here and everything is different. Careers in our industry look different. As we reset through 2023 and moving forward, what general career advice do you have for engineering professionals today? I think a couple, um, couple suggestions. The first, the first one is, is to maintain your core competency, your technical competence, right? That's what you got you into the industry. It's important to stay sharp, keep your skills sharp. The second thing I believe is is uh, always improve and communication skills. So important. Um, being able to do something like this, or you know, whether it's a recent grad or or someone that's more seasoned, being having the ability and skill, or really an art to communicate in communication and how to uh, adjust. The way I talk to Dave Delizzo, our CEO, is a lot different from maybe a peer. Very respectful, mind you, but you have to be able to change gears with, with uh, different levels of seniority, different positions, and different skill sets. And finally, the other thing I think is uh, empathy. Coming out of the pandemic, COVID, all that fun stuff, people have a lot on their plate. I think it's really important, you know, as, as advice to put yourself in the other person's uh, shoes, so to speak. I think you go a long way and be. In, um, gaining better outcomes. That's a great point. I think people's priorities have certainly mm-hmm. shifted yes. coming out of COVID. Things that used to be important aren't as important and new things become more important. So that's a really that's a really good point. And I like your your discussion about communication too, especially as people move through their career trajectory, getting those communications and leadership skills where Absolutely. you're able to talk to CEOs and also clients and, and peers. Very important. Let's talk about DC. We are here in ACEC's new headquarters in downtown DC. Yeah, 90 degree day in uh, April. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but you you are going to be spending a lot more time here because I know Pannoni is opening a DC office. Tell us about that and how you made that decision to officially sure. hang a shingle here. We opened our office back in uh, this past September um, and it was a it, it was a decision that w- became easier over time. We're doing a lot of work here for uh, DDOT or DCDOT in, in the bridge bridge realm, and we're doing some really cool, iconic projects. So doing a pedestrian bridge over the Anacostia River, um, we're doing some bridge replacements that are going to be able to pr- improve uh, interconnectivity of some neighborhoods. Um, so we're, we're excited about that aspect. But uh, each year we've been growing in, in projects and revenue, so it became easy to to open because a lot of a lot of people or firms or competitors, um, they go into a market with no work. We have we flipped it is that we came in hot so to speak, and now we're trying to grow outside of transportation, offer the full services of Pannoni multidisciplinary. Right now we have geotech, transportation, and civil in our Washington D.C. office, and we want to hopefully have the whole um, playbook of Pannoni's uh, skill sets here in the nation's capital. And it sounds like there's no shortage of work to go around with the new bills that have been passed yes. and all of the um, the money going into infrastructure and transportation. 
right? Kudos to ACEC for uh, sticking with it over the last probably better part of 15 years, getting that to the finish line. So yes, now we're getting to uh, now see the, the rewards. Starts. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, but yes. You talked a little bit about how engineers need to keep up their technical skills and also build those communication skills. How do you think that impacts their ability to move through their career and move up the ranks? Well, I, I think they go hand in hand because you need both. Not being able to communicate your fantastic technical, technical competence or, or great ideas um, is what makes it a wash almost, almost a detriment. Same thing, having great communication skills, but being hollow, having hollowness behind them is a non-starter as well. So you need to have both as you go up. Um, staying attuned with training. Um, seeking out advice too. That's a big one. Mentorship. Talking to, talking to peers as you go through um, your career. Because there's no prescription to succeed in the consulting engineering business or the A&E profession for that matter. But being able to have the ability to ask for help, seek advice is so important. And the way I always see People are always going to, are always wanting to help you if you ask them. I, I think that's true about all of our, our, that's what's consistent about our engineering profession. Problem solvers who like, like a challenge. Absolutely. What advice do you have? You talked about mentorship and um, networking. How have you put that into practice? What advice do you have for maybe engineers just getting started to build out a network and look for those mentors? It, it's important to uh, participate. And, and, you know, and be patient, right? I've been involved with ACC for 20 years, but it took a while to obtain a leadership position, but put yourself out there, right? Go to, go to the dinner meetings, uh, uh, volunteer for uh, committees, you know, and show others about the tremendous aspects or skill sets that you have in that regard. Um, I'm just trying to think of a couple other uh, suggestions. Well, it seems like in... In the post-COVID world, often we choose Zoom or we choose virtual meetings, but there really isn't um, any, there isn't a way to cut out physical meetings and, and getting out and saying hello to people and having those conversations in person. That's a fantastic point, Allison. It's, it's, it's about being present. You know, 80% of, I, I believe, in success, and that's an old saying, is, be, is showing up. And, you know, COVID kind of took that away, but it's, it, we got to get back to that, especially if you want to succeed in our business. You need to be present. You need to make the connections. You need to have that um, the time with mentors, your peers. So when a new assignment comes up, if I see Allison in the hallway, Allison, come over here. I need your help. Let's go to a meeting together. And I think a lot of engineers uh, have gotten away from that and, and, and being vertical on screen as opposed to connecting. And that, that's, what, that's what it's about. Um, a lot of engineers are all very technically competent, but they're the ones that are able to communicate, the ones that are able to work in a team environment, the ones that are, aren't afraid to make a mistake, ones that are willing to make decisions and, then, and are good listeners and want to learn. That, that's what the key is. It's just putting yourself out there and, 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 and becoming uncomfortable sometimes because we're Engineers, are, we're introverts, we're type A personalities, but it's important to, to branch out, so to speak. 
How did that play into your decision to open up a DC office with a lot of folks being virtual, maybe coming in some days out of the week? When did you know it was time to to have a physical presence? Well, two things. One, um, our client kept asking us when you're going to open your office in DDOT. So when, when, when you hear that from a client, that's the cue to <laughs> listen, right? Well, I, I talk about listening. The second thing, is, as we talked about with the infrastructure spending, but I've been coming down to D.C. for the better part of 20 years, and our office is on the uh, M Street Corridor, right by DDOT and FHWA and USDOT by the Nationals Ballpark. I cannot believe the, the transformation on M Street in, in you know fifth you know in that time frame. And each, every time I come down here, and it's more frequent, there's I cannot believe how much building there is or development and activity and buzz. So. There is a lot of energy, especially in that neighborhood, but yes. we're seeing it across the whole city and spilling out into the suburbs too. Right. Coming in today from uh, Union Station, I, you know, I, I just keep catching myself looking out the window and seeing all all new things. So. You have a great career, and we hear a lot from engineers who are in this industry that they love it and they can't see themselves doing anything else. How can we translate that to the students of today? What do you think we need to? share with them to help get them excited about consulting engineering. Right. Well, I had the honor of uh, being an adjunct professor with the University of Delaware for 15 years, where I was one of four instructors and we taught uh, a capstone project in the civil engineering department. I was a structural discipline leader or, you know, for that. So, you know, I had the, again, privilege. I'm a, I'm a blue hen. Um, I know you're Michigan. We had the same colors, but um, being able to go back to your alma mater and, and, and participate and, and shape the minds of engineers has been, it was a true honor. Um, but what I saw was like, there was a cross of generations, the, the Y's and the Z's, but the one takeaway I always saw, they're always were looking for a path. And that a lot of those uh, students are of the helicopter parents, so to speak, very prescriptive, are always trying to figure out the right answer. But in our senior design curriculum, we pro proposed real projects that, had, that are open-ended. We didn't give them the formula. So that's the big thing that we need to keep conveying to our students of our, you know, our engineers of tomorrow is don't understand, don't under, not necessarily what the answer is, but understanding the path of how to get to the answer and being able to, and be able to, it's okay to make a mistake, you know, and learn just, it's important to lo learn from them. That's a cliche. However, it's important to instill that, right? Because I'd rather have someone make a decision, even though it's incorrect, than just sit there and, and not be able to do that. But you could see some of the steam coming out of our students when, when they're, you know, given an open-end problem where to start. It, 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 it kind of freaks them out a little bit, but it gets them ready for the real world, so to speak. So. It's, a, it's a different way of thinking, and that's, that's helpful when you think about careers as well. There isn't a blueprint. It's right. a windy road. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. It would be much easier if we knew that you stay at this job for 10 years and then you move on to this. But um, what I've seen in the engineering world is that the projects are what keep you engaged. Everything is, it's new and it's different. And you, you get to experience a lot of different uh, disciplines within you know, maybe one firm or a few firms. One of our cells at, at Pannoni, especially in transportation, bridge and roadway and traffic, we like to cross-train our engineers, especially the bridge engineers. We don't want them getting in the field doing bridge inspections, but seeing, right, in the, in the physical world, so to speak, and 
it makes them better design engineers, you know, in, in, in tandem. But we try to give uh, cross-training opportunities for our young staff to see a lot of different things. So then they kind of know where they want to, uh, you know, adjust in their career, right? We want everyone to be happy. We want, we want to have, we want, we want to have energy and passion, right? So I think that's, that's one of the real keys in, in that regard. My last question, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss bridge inspections. They've been a hot topic lately. Where do you see that side of the industry going? What, what kind of new technology or, or trends do you see in bridge inspections? That's, that's, um, I mean, there's, there's been new, uh, bridge inspection uh, guidelines that have been just, you know, implemented and all the state DOTs have a, you know, a few years to implement those. Um, a lot of people, you know, think about drones, but I don't think we'll ever replace having visual eyes with trained professional bridge engineers, inspectors that know what they're looking at. But, uh, I do think that access will be critical, right? Because, um, Doing a bridge inspection on a busy highway is one, dangerous. Two, it's uh, it's disruptive, right? When you have to shut down a lane to access it. So innovations on and being able to access members, whether it's from sprat, free climbing, using drones as a complement to, to the visual inspection, I think that would go a long way, so. It's interesting, certainly something to watch. Yes, it is. It's very important because uh, as you, you only hear about the, the, catastrophic, the catastrophic, not about all the great condition, excuse me, of all the bridges a lot of the states and, and, and DOT here have been doing to upgrade their condition and their inventories. And that's one of the messages that we're trying to promote here at ACEC too, is you only hear about transportation when it's failing, but we really want to celebrate some of those examples of great engineering. That's why we've got the our EEA awards and um, we've got our new roadshow program where we're going on the road. So that, that's a great point. Right. I, I think with the new, um, the new uh, IJA uh, uh, bill, right? Talking about the um, reconnecting neighborhoods piece, mm -hmm. right? We're very, we're working closely with uh, one of our uh, largest clients in the firm, Dot, and in develop, we were able to get a uh, $6 million raise grant for the department. We worked together to get that as a planning grant. But part of that project is really going to be to kind of reestablish neighborhoods in Newcastle, just right outside the city of Wellington, where uh, people, uh, residents of that neighborhood could, can participate in the in the economy. They don't, 80% of those residents don't have cars. It's a burden and sometimes dangerous to get to mass transit. So I think it's really important. I think it's really cool that we're trying to do, focus on that aspect because that's a win for everybody, right? You know, if you want to talk, you know, socio socioeconomic and, and, you know, go into that route, but reconnecting neighborhoods, being able to, to participate in the economy, bring everybody up, back up together is so important. Makes it a better society, right? I agree, I agree. Ted Janeska from Pannoni, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure, thank you, Allison. This is another episode of the Engineering Influence Podcast from ACEC. We'll see you next time.